0: and we kind of quarantine, for a moment, it's a good thing because it gives us an opportunity to regroup. It gives us an opportunity to rethink and to reassess our life and, and to seek God and to rest it's a good thing for a very small moment jesus even taught that there were times where jesus was so consumed in ministry and surrounded by people that he would quarantine himself he would separate himself from the crowd and go get by himself to refresh to recharge his batteries for a time and so it's a good thing for a moment but not for an extended period of time and there's there's something as i've been in quarantine and as i've seen this I, I'm, I'm becoming concerned. I don't, mean, I don't mean to be overdramatic today, but I'm being concerned that this concept of, of quarantine and social distancing is really starting to take hold in unhealthy ways. It's going to be quarantined for a little bit and regroup, but not for an ex- extended period of time. We are, I'm, 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 trying, I'm not trying to get conspiracy theory minded here, so understand where I'm coming, but we are, we are being driven apart. Okay, I understand. There's a time where we have to separate to get better, and that's whether that's the corona or the flu or stomach bug or anything else. There's a time to do that, but there is this there is this deeper spiritual undercurrent that is trying to wedge between people to divide us. It's true, and again, I'm not trying to over dramatize things, but people uh certain whether it's the political arena or whatever it's it's the age old it's a very very clever and effective battle tactic to divide and conquer and when people are together they're stronger that's what the bible teaches us two are better than one a threefold cord is not easily broken that there's strength in numbers And the body of Christ, when we're together, not only physically together, but spiritually together on the same page. I want us to understand this morning as I preach this message about gathering together, it's not just about physically coming together at one place. We can all be gathered physically and be scattered completely spiritually. Do you know that? We can all be here together, but not be together. In our mind and in our goals. And we got to be together, not only physically, but spiritually so there's this undercurrent and, and some of the people, you know, politicians weaponizing this. And in fact, we can get them separated. We can indoctrinate them. And even they don't realize that they're being instruments of hell to divide, conquer, bring division. So as we are all in a battle, we're in a spiritual battle like you and I can't imagine i know that we just live life and we don't think about it a lot and you've heard me say this before but if somehow you could just reach out and and kind of pull back like right now we just see reality we can't see into the spiritual realm how many believe there's a spiritual realm that exists angels and demons and and all that god is spirit the bible says and therefore those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so all we can see is flesh and blood and natural things but if somehow we could reach up and kind of pull back the curtain of of Um, Spirit Pull back the curtain of reality and look into the Spiritual realm to where we could see Literally what's going on around us every day We We would suck our thumbs And curl up in the fetal position It's a battle it's a spiritual warfare, the Bible teaches us, that, the, that, that our weapons are not carnal. Our, our true battle is not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. So all of this is a, is a tactic of the enemy. I'm gonna get them divided because if I can divide them, I can conquer them. And there's been churches, there's a lot of the body of Christ, my friends, who have been divided, uh, socially distanced from one another long before the coronavirus ever come along sit in the churches and we sing our songs. We go through the motion. We have our business meetings and all of these types of things. And people divided, separated in their minds. And Jesus said, I want to gather people together, not only physically because that's so important, but spiritually to get everybody on the same page. With, with social distancing comes spiritual distancing. And that's the part that concerns me. I just, I, for, for whatever reason, I've seen it more when I was, had two weeks to just think and cough and think and cough (laughs) temporarily yes social distancing for a sec but spiritual distancing folks has to be off the table we get we're, we're getting comfortable with the idea of social distancing and i know this morning we have live stream and thank you those of you who are watching by live stream and we we're we're needing that right now some people just it's hard for some people to to get out and some people are more vulnerable and they need to they need to be careful and so that's a good thing my concern my encouragement is that we don't let this become permanent that we don't forget how important the gathering together of ourselves truly is that though we're social distancing we don't become spiritually distanced. We can never get comfortable with spiritual distancing. We cannot let it become a way of life. Amen? Understand how much you need people and how much people need you. Sometimes people come to the conclusion, well, life's good. I don't really need anybody. I can pray for myself if I get sick. But somebody might need you. That's the way the body works. Amen? That's the way the body works. Um, I know for me, and I've heard other people say this too—that you know, got sick and had to quarantine for a couple of weeks. For me, well, first of all, you know, you hear some of these—some of you lucky dogs—just get sick for a day or two, and then you feel better just after a few days, you know. And I was like, "Man, I've still got a week and a half of quarantine and doing all this fun stuff." So I'm thinking to myself, "Well, yeah, I'll get—I'll get better here in a few days, and I'll do all this stuff." I was sick for two solid weeks. I just could not shake it, but. What I really began to notice towards the end of these couple of weeks, <laughs> excuse me, um, being isolated. Of course, I had my family around me, and that was good. And I enjoyed having my family around me. But feeling isolated from the world, it kind of started getting a little depressing. I mean, I started feeling myself just feeling Weird and unhappy and unsettled. It's like, of course, you know, your life is all out of order anyway, and that and that makes things weird. But just not being able to be with you, to be around people. I recognized how much I need you. I hope that you feel like you need me. But I mean, let's be honest. You could, I, I could preach to you on on the internet. I mean, you, I'm I'm indispensable. There's plenty of other guys around here that can preach. You you've seen that last week. Then those guys did a good good job, by the way, on that video. I don't know how many of you saw the? The live stream that was really cool uh, but I need you and that begin to weigh on me mentally and emotionally and spiritually in every way and I recognize how much I need to assemble together we need it we need one another what we need is a revival amen, amen. what we need is a revival a church body of Christ believers revival but more important than that a personal revival because honestly, there will be no church revival without personal revival, amen? When we get alone with God long enough to really get God's direction and seek him. And it was good for me. There was a lot of things. Use that time to think and pray about God. And God answered some questions for me. God gave me some direction as it regards the church, as it regards my family. I mean, I had direction, that's good. But it was time to get back together. And we need that revival, not just any revival, a revival that brings us together, not just for a week. I'm talking about a revival that brings us together spiritually. Amen? With with vision. The Bible says where there's no vision, people perish. Where the church loses its vision and its reason for coming together, people die and go to hell. It's that important that we rekindle that, that flame, that revival within us. And I want to show you what kind of revival I'm talking about, what this revival looks like. So I want, to, I want you to grab your Bible and turn to the book of Ezekiel. It's back in the Old Testament. If you find Jeremiah and hang a right, he's right next to Jeremiah. Ezekiel chapter number 37. So I want to read this. First, first of all, Ezekiel was a prophet and God gave him a few visions. And you can read through the, I mean, some of the visions of Ezekiel are kind of hard to understand, kind of hard to follow. But this one is awesome. This is my favorite one. And I kind of want to read it, and I want to I come back and dissect it a little bit. But I want you to get the word picture here. I want you to, to visualize it as I read this. Visualize it in your mind. Ezekiel chapter number 37. This is, the, this is what revival looks like. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. Now, these bones represented the nation of Israel. Just a little background so you understand where this is coming from. Israel had divided. Israel had been scattered, not only physically, but but spiritually. So basically, the nation of Israel had just backslid against God. They had just turned over into rebellion and ignored God's commandments, ignored God's law. And so God brings in Babylon. He brings in an army to conquer Israel. And what that enemy did, Nebuchadnezzar, knowing because it's a good battle plan, I'm going to divide them. If I leave these Israelites together, they're going to pull together. They're going to call on their God. They're going to be strong. So I'm going to divide them. And I'm going to take some Israelites and put them in that country. And I'm going to take some Israelites and put them in that country. You can only imagine how hard it would be to be a, how hard it would be to be a country when everybody in the country lives in different countries. I think I said that right. Did you get that? If everybody in the country lives in another country, it's hard to be a good united country. And so he divides them all up. And the nation was just in shambles. It was just in disarray. The, the, the whole nation of Israel was like a valley full of dead, dry bones. If you walk out into a, a grave, you know, like a, 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 a say a, battle zone and that's what this this picture by the way this is a picture we get a picture of a battle zone where a huge battle took place and thousands millions of people died and as their corpses laid there in the valley and and decayed until now it's just bones not only bones bleached bones they've been there a long time they've been dead a long time if you come along and you see a valley full of dead bones life is not the first thing that comes to your mind hopelessness is what comes to the end I mean no there's no hope there's no chance this is over And so he shows him this valley full of dead, dry bones that represented the nation of Israel. And it can represent us now here as the the people of God. When maybe you can look at your own spiritual condition and maybe you can be honest with God and you can be honest with yourself. And you can say, my spiritual condition really kind of represents a dead, dry bone. I'm divided. I'm separated from people. Maybe I'm with people, but I'm still separated. You can be in a room full of people and be the loneliest person. It's a miserable place to be. And God says, No, 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 no. That's not what I intend for my people. I don't want my people to be scattered. I want my people to be gathered. I want to bring them together. So he looks at this valley full of bones and he led me, this is verse number two. He led me around them and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord, God, you know, and this is a trick question. Most of the time, if somebody says, hey, can these bones, this pile of bones live? You'd say no. But why would he be asking that question if it was hopeless? God, you know. Then he said to me, I want you, God, God asked Ezekiel to do a very strange thing. I want you to prophesy over these bones and say to them, "O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. How many of you know the word of the Lord is the, is the fulcrum? It's the turning point. It's the word of God that changes everything. I want you to prophesy to these dead, dry bones, speak to them, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews or ligaments and tendons upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. That's what I'm going to do, God says. I'm not going to leave you scattered. I'm not going to leave you dead. I'm going to bring breathe new life into you as a nation and so we ezekiel did what god call, told him to do so i prophesied as i was commanded and as i now get this picture as i prophesied there was a sound behold a rattling i think the king james says a shaking as he began to prophesy the word of god to these dead dry bones something started happening i would to god that something would just start happening in our hearts I would that that something, a shaking, a rattling would start to take place within our church, amen? Some people that would raise up to just say, I'm not not satisfied with cold, dead, dry religion. I want some life in me. Yes. (laughs) I looked and behold... There were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them. Look at this, but there was no breath in them. They were, they were bodies, they looked like people. Now they've got skin, they've got tendons and all that stuff, but there's no life. They're laying there, they're dead. They just, they just look like something, but they're nothing. There's no life there. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, to the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, King James says to the wind "Prophesy to the wind thus says the Lord God come from the four winds O breath and breathe on these slain that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet an exceeding great army I love that part they stood so here's the thing first Scattered bones, every which direction. Coyotes had already got to them. One guy's hip bones over there, and his his uh, leg bones over there. Blah blah, and they're just everybody's scattered. It's like the, like the tin man, that's just you all over, right? Everybody's scattered. And, and so he begins to prophesy and, and God's word begins to move. And all of these bones begin to rattle and they begin to shake and they begin to find themselves. And, and the leg bone connected to the hip bone and the hip bone connected to the, to the spine and so on. And all the arms come together. And then all of a sudden skin starts coming over. And then now all, everything is together physically. Everybody, all the bones are together and all the people are together physically, but there's still a problem. There's no life there. And that can happen within a person. It can happen within a church. In Revelation, Matt's going to start his Revelation series tonight. And the, the, the letters to the, to the churches, one, one of the churches in Sardis, Jesus writes them a letter and he says to them, You have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. You got the church building, you got the pews, you got the music, you got the worship, you have a name that you're alive, you like that body I can see, but there's no life in you. What is the life? It is the spirit of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. The word of God that brought them together, but they got to have, and see, I prophesied to the wind, and the wind came, and the breath entered into these bodies, and they stood up on their feet. They didn't just stand up and then go on their way and live their own little lives and forsake the assembling together they all come together and they stood shoulder to shoulder side by side an exceeding great army an army can battle an army knows how to fight an army is not afraid of an enemy that comes against them what if what if the church of jesus christ opened up and said god breathe your breath into me renew me fill me if you read into i think it's chapter 36 and god in ezekiel god says i'm going to give you a new heart i'm going to put a new spirit in you what if the church of jesus christ said lord breathe on me refill me with your holy spirit and we all stood and we weren't afraid of the devil anymore? What if we weren't afraid of coronavirus? What if we weren't afraid of division? We weren't afraid of temptation? What if we stood as an army trusting in the power of almighty God and actually fought this spiritual battle like we're supposed to? Wow. So God said, that's what I'm going to do with you guys as a country, as Israel, and that's what he wants to do with his church. A coming together. (coughs) Excuse me, a gathering Together, no more more division. Folks, that's a picture of revival. That's a picture of revival. I'm going to ask you to pray for revival. If that looks like a series of services through the week as we think about revival, great, we'll do it. But I want to repeat what I said a minute ago. We can have, gosh, I can find most well-known silver tongued preacher out there i'm going to hire him to come in and revive us preach some great sermons and get us all fired up but if i have no personal revival all of that is just it'll all fizzle out after a while look at your neighbor and say i need revival look at your neighbor and say and so do you We're in a battle, an exceeding great army. That's my prayer for this church, folks. That's my prayer. I don't don't just wanna go to church. I I don't wanna just, I want to be effective. I, I want to be able to gather my church together to pray for something and know that hell is gonna shake. That's the kind of power Jesus wants his church to have. Jesus said, my church, are founded on a solid rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Oh, God, give us a spiritual backbone of steel. Let us not squabble and be divided in our thinking. Let us not be weary. Let us not be weak. Let us just stand and be an army. <laughs> in faith, every joint, as we were preaching about last week in our video message, every joint supplying. As all those bones come together every ligament every tendon every part of that body has a function in it it's called to do what it's called to do every joint supplying how many of you know that a headless body would be pretty ineffective but a, a bodiless head would be pretty ineffective so wouldn't that's that same thing no not in my little world <laughs> a headless body that's that's a church that doesn't really seem to need Jesus that much. Right? Jesus is the head. A headless body where we just kind of, we're more concerned about our own little religious ways. We don't look, we don't see the necessity. The head, all the commands come from the head. The body looks to the head for its guidance. The, the, we as the church, we look to Jesus. I'm not the head, folks. I am not the head of this church. God has called me to be a shepherd, to be a leader in this church, yes, and he's called other men and women to be leaders in this church, and that's good. But we're not the head, Jesus is the head. He's the one we get our direction from. We have to, amen? Amen. A body without a head is gonna be ineffective. But Jesus needs a body. A bodiless head is also ineffective. Jesus used his body, his physical body, when he was on this earth 2,000 years ago to minister but he he is in heaven now. He went back to the Father and through his spirit, he still needs a body to get his work done. And that's where you and I come in as we talked about last week. Every joint, every part doing its part, chop your arm off, throw it over in the closet and see what happens to it in a few days. Can any part of the body survive by itself? Don't neglect the gathering of yourselves together, not only in a church service, But all the time, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have needs on a Thursday afternoon. Sometimes I need encouragement. You know, I know that you guys come here today and you hear a word from God and I hope that that feeds your soul and it does something, inspires you. What if you only ate once a week physical food? You'd be pretty weak by the time the next week rolled around. So we need each other on a daily basis. I want you to Let's look here in um, as I kind of bring this in for landing here in Acts chapter 2 you know we, we we read in Acts chapter 2 and what an amazing time that was when Jesus was was going back to the Father and he says to his disciples I want you to tarry in Jerusalem together right they went into an upper room I said I want you and so they were all there together guess what not just physically together. There was about 120 people in that upper room. So they were all physically together, but not only were they physically gathered together, but they were. the Bible says they were all in one mind and one accord. They were spiritually, mentally, emotionally together on the same page, seeking God for the same thing. Jesus said, I want you to stay here and pray until you're filled and endued with power from on high. Guess what that power was? The Holy Spirit, the wind, the breath, He said, I'm going to give you guys power to do what you can't do right now in your own strength. And so they stayed together, and they prayed, and God filled them. And they went out into the world to preach the gospel, and great and mighty things took place. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and we we, we focused on that. That was great, the gifts and things that began to flow. Let me share with you what I think is the most amazing thing about Acts chapter 2, and verse number 42, actually, if you want to read with me. Acts 2, verse 42, after being filled with the Spirit, after being brought together and becoming this army that stood on its feet, ready to go out and preach the gospel, it says in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and of prayers. And awe came upon every soul. This is, that's not just, just dead, cold, dry religion. Awe. They were in awe at what God was doing. Wouldn't it be awesome? Don't you want to be able, somebody that you care about here within the body of Christ and they're going through something and they share that with you and you take that upon yourself and you pray for them and then you watch God work and move and and operate in their life and where you stand back and you're in awe of what? When's the last time you were in awe of something that God did? Think about that for just a second. Well, I pray and we do this, and now lay me down. I'm not. I'm talking about being amazed at something that God did right in front of your eyes. Don't be. Don't be satisfied until you're seeing that. Amen. I believe that's what the Word of God is telling us. Don't be satisfied until you are in awe of what I'm doing. God says. So. <laughs> All who believed, see, where did I leave off? And and, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as anybody had need. They were taking care of one another. They were together. Now look at this, these next two verses. And day by day, not just on Sunday, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And look here. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That first day, that, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit filled the believers and they stood a great army and began to preach the word, 3,000 people got saved in one service. Isn't that an amazing thing? I'm excited when one person gets saved every soul is that important but three thousand people get saved immediately and the bible says god was adding to the church daily every day somebody was getting saved it wasn't just the pastor leading people to christ people were gathering in their homes they were breaking bread they were having fellowship with one another they were assembling themselves together in the name of jesus and the body was leading people to jesus wow they go well we just leave people to Jesus on Sunday morning? No, that's not God's intention. We're a, we're a body that operates every day, every day, breaking bread and fellowship in awe, watching God was doing as people were getting saved. That's God's intention for his church. Amen? Amen. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, not just church. Reach out to one another throughout, throughout the week. Get to know one another. You know, I know we... As a church, you know, this we're still this, this building is still new and a lot of newer people coming in and families and we are so blessed. But if, if you're new, if you've been you've started coming here within the past year, I want you to understand this you're why we did this. I mean, we could have just said, oh, we've got we got a nice little church here and we like one another and leave everybody else out there and been content. No, we want we wanted to be able to reach out and other people to see the love of Jesus through us. That's why we've done this. And so we got new people coming in. And, and there's, there's still, you don't, you don't know a lot of people sometimes. And it's easy. It's easy in this mindset to, to come in and go to church, and we're, we're here to be fed, and, and rightly so. We're here to come in and be encouraged and be convicted and, and, and get something where I can go out and, and, and face the, the devil alone. But here, here's what I want to encourage you uh, is to get to know one another. I wanna challenge you this morning, and this may seem like just a silly little thing. I believe that God is telling me to tell you this, and I don't say that lightly, you know that. I don't get up here and say God told me to tell you unless God told me to tell you something. I believe with all of my heart, it starts with just as simple as introducing yourself to somebody you don't know. You know, you look across this congregation, as you're leaving, you see somebody that you don't know, Introduce yourself. You're you're, you're part of the body. The same body, right? Get to know somebody you don't know. Take that person upon your heart this week and pray for them. Next week, go back to that person. Hey, Brandon, how was your week? I want you to know I prayed for you this week. Just be part of the body. Love one another. Get to know one another. Invite somebody over to your house. Have dinner, barbecue, barbecue. Take them out to McDonald's, feed them cheeseburger, they're a buck. If you don't have the money to feed them cheeseburger McDonald's, I will give you the money. Break bread. Gather together. Get to know one another. Pray for one another. And watch what God does. I believe with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength that God wants to add to his church daily. Do you believe that? Every day. People in the early church, people were getting saved just simply because of the fellowship that the church had, the closeness of the body. I believe God still wants to do that, and I believe that he still can and still will if we'll just dare to believe that. Open up and let him fill us with his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. We are, I know I said this, but I really am. I'm wrapping this up, I promise. We are in covenant with God a covenant is an agreement it's a promise and through the blood of jesus christ you and i are in a covenant with almighty god and that covenant is not all based on whether or not i can live up to the terms and the conditions of the covenant because i can't neither can you the covenant i'm in with god is all god God did every part of the covenant in sending Christ to die for my sins, doing what I could not do for myself. And so I can rest every day in my life knowing I'm in covenant with God. That means that when I get into trouble, I can call on God and he will hear me. That when I fail, I can repent. I can can call on God for forgiveness and mercy and he'll give it to me. I am in a covenant with God and God will not break his covenant. But folks, we, we are in a covenant with one another also. We are all part of that covenant with God. And because of our individual covenant with God, we are in covenant with one another as his body through the same blood, amen? So that covenant, what does that look like? It means that I'm gonna take up the gauntlet with you. When you're going through the fire, I'm gonna go through it with you, amen? We're in, we're in covenant. DeMac said something last night and I, I instantly wrote it down. And I want to share it with you this morning. He said this. In a world that's so bad, the name of Jesus is still so good. In a world that is so bad, the name of Jesus is still so good. Still sufficient. It's still powerful to meet every need. And folks, the church is still good. You know why the church is good? Not because we're all that, but because Jesus is in us. Amen. Jesus is good, so he's in. A, so when I look out in, in, in the world, in our community, and in this church, I look out across this morning and I see in your faces and different ones watching by livestream, I know your heart. I, I see our teachers that are just so exhausted right now, our teachers having to deal with all of the quarantine and the extra work I mean, our teachers in our schools are just war slick out. People in, in ministry, war slick out, healthcare workers working like crazy, whether it's hospitals and nursing homes, war slick out, law enforcement, war slick out, everybody is so exhausted right now. And because of all what we're this, the, the distancing and the quarantine and the sickness and because of all of this, there is a raging river of discouragement that is flowing like crazy and it's sweeping people downstream. My, my encouragement to you this morning, my challenge to you, please do not try to battle in this river of discouragement by yourself. You need your church, amen? You need your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Don't paddle alone. Everybody's discouraged. I can go through every one of us. Nobody's exempt. This thing that we're going through right now, folks, this is not, this, is, this ain't the end of the road, i refuse to believe that this one is going to whip the body of christ i refuse to believe that bo we survived all the persecution of the first three centuries we survived when the word of god was being burned and we survived this and we decided we we, we survived all of this but now social distancing is going to beat the church i refuse to believe it i believe we're still that army i believe we still have power through the blood of jesus as we are filled with the holy spirit amen i believe that Stand and be that army, Amen. Hallelujah! Don't, do not retreat into isolation. Do not retreat into isolation. Those of you watching by live stream this morning, and there's reasons why you you need to isolate right now. Don't retreat into isolation. You may not be able to be here physically, be here spiritually. Reach out to us. Call us. Call them. If you know somebody that can't be here, they're watching by live. Call them. Minister to them. Do not retreat into isolation and try to paddle in this river by yourself. You need your church and you need the covenant more so as we see the day approaching. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. I'm going to kind of catch my breath first, but we're just a a little different with this altar call this morning. This is just what was in my Spirit, yesterday, as I was preparing for this message and for the service, two legs of this altar call. Basically, first and foremost, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to understand that the Lord is here today and He's calling you. That God loves you. Forget your past. Doesn't matter what you've done. God wants you to be a part of his body. He wants to forgive you of your sins. God wants you to know him. There's a promise in the word of God. It says, if you seek God, you will find him. And I know that sometimes that, that journey can be long and sometimes it can be confusing and yet there's so many different voices you're hearing but God says, keep seeking. If you seek me, you will find me. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your savior, well, the invitation is open call out to him just to ask him to forgive you of your sins and invite him into your life God breathe your breath on me he'll know what that means hallelujah I don't have all the words Lord I don't exactly know what to say but I just ask you to breathe your life on me Uh, open my eyes give me understanding help me to understand help me to hear you help me to know you and and seek God and, and you'll find him And he'll save you and you become part of this body and and people minister to you and then God will will open up talents and gifts and then you begin to operate and and begin to bless other people and your life is more fulfilled than you ever thought it could be because of the gathering together, because of the spirit of God. So every head (laughs) bowed and...